Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to Under the Dome, Season 3, Episode 1. This is a two-parter. It was a huge episode. Um, we have a lot to cover. I am your host, Jackie Borowski. You can find me on my website, uh, 123jackieb.com. That's where all my Instagram, Twitter, everything is under that. Uh, joining me is Amanda Fields-Bennett. Hi, everybody. Oh, I'm so happy to talk about Under the Dome. I can't believe it's season three already. I know. I can't. I can't either. It feels much longer than it has been, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but we will discover that as the season goes on. Yes. Um, before we get into the episode... I want to say that we are doing a, um, a survey on After Buzz TV. We love to hear your feedback. And if you tweet at us, if you comment on YouTube, on iTunes, I'm going to be reading the iTunes comments if you guys comment um, after every episode. And on YouTube, I respond to the comments on YouTube. As long as it's something I can respond to, if it's like, I hate your face, there's really nothing I can say. <laughs> You're, it's a valid opinion, but it's not one that I can respond to. But I don't think anyone really would hate your face. It's so pretty. Oh, thanks. Your face is so pretty, oh, too. Thanks, thanks Jackie. Um, for those of you listening on iTunes, you have no clue what we look no, like. No, It's okay. But go to, um, so speaking of it, of the survey, go to podcastone.com and fill out our listener survey. And then I think Amanda has something to say about a new TV show that's coming up. Oh, well, speaking of social media, this is really fun. Um, the AfterBuzz founder, Maria Menounos, she's also on E! News, so you guys know her face and her voice. She's very um, popular out there. And she has a really exciting new show, um, Dance Battle America. And this is cool because you all have a chance to be part of it. Um so it's a new competition special on ABC, and it's exciting because you can apply online um, to be part of the show. And so during the holiday seasons over the last two years, Julianne Huff from uh, Dancing with the Stars and Maria have engaged in a dance battle online. And you can go, you can actually go to Maria's Twitter and see a lot of the dance battles that happened. Yeah. Also, Jesse Janity, I think, has put some of it, them on his Instagram as well. And not only is it impressive, it's really funny. <laughs> it is really funny. Sometimes they include their pets. Yes. And um, they have a lot of cool, like, uh, shots of, like, overhead of the dancing. And then it's just, you're like, wow, okay, I, I need to do this. I need to try these moves. Um, so if you are out there and you're thinking, maybe I have some good moves, you can be part of it. Um, and now a lot of celebrities are getting into the action, too, like Kate Hudson and Amber Riley. Um, and now is your chance to feel like a celebrity. Um, if you want the chance to do this on network television, this is huge, on ABC, you can go to dancebattleamericacasting.com. 
for more information on how to submit your video and get your moves in front of the world. And you don't have to be like a professional dancer like Jillian Huff. Um, you can just get out there and have fun with it and shake your booty, shake your groove thing. Um, that's why this show, Dance Battle, got started. They just wanted to inspire people to get moving and have fun. And uh, once again, you can submit your videos to DanceBattleAmericaCasting.com. And uh, now for Under the Dome. Yeah. Uh, so we have these parallel storylines happening. We start off... Um, with with exactly where we left last season, where we think most of the Chester's Mill residents are exiting the dome and they're mm-hmm. headed towards Melanie. And unfortunately, they did not flash back to the 1980s like I thought they were going to. <laughs> that would have been so um, epic. <laughs> but there was some parallel universe stuff going on. So we have these people leave and they go, um, they go find Melanie and we think, oh my gosh, they're out of the dome. They're out of the dome. They're free. And they're free. And then the dome comes down. So now Amanda and I, when we were watching this, we're like, how is this going to be under the dome? There is no dome. They're out of the dome. It crashed down in pieces. It did. It crashed down in pieces. It hit Ben, who is our favorite character, who we will talk about later. We love you, Ben. I'm just just so devastated. We love your hair, too. Amazing. I know. I mean, he needs to be like in a head and shoulders He does have amazing hair. Yes. So the dome comes down, and then Barbie goes back to find Julia, Julia Mm -hmm. who was with uh, Junior at the time, and he finds that Big Jim is dead, Julia is dead, and Junior is dead. And so then we have kind of a flash forward that moves into what we understand. At first I was a little confused because it said... Yemen. Yemen. And I thought maybe, because I knew Barbie had been in the military in the past, I thought maybe this was a flashback. But then we learn that he's having these nightmares about Julia's death when he's with his new girlfriend, Ava. And this is supposed to be a year into the future. And so at first, yeah, we were both looking at this like, what is going on? Where are we in time? Right. We thought we both thought it was a flashback. And we're like, who's this beautiful lady here with with Dale. Where's Julia? What's going on? And so, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was kind of like back to the future. Like, we're just in the future now. It was really interesting. And so we have um, we have Barbie in this scene where he kills this guy, and that becomes important later. Um, and then we also... He kills this guy. You say it so casually. He kills this guy. He kills this guy. I mean, know. he did kill Julia's, like, husband in the, in the last... Seasony, seasony one, um, seasony, seasony one. Oh it's really seasony. late here. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting too, just to jump back into the very beginning of this episode when they were all talking about having a—I don't know if this was the very beginning—but having a leap of faith, following yes. Melanie, taking a, this leap of faith into this journey into the abyss of white smoke and goo we don't know but yes that you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of pirates i think it's three where johnny depp goes into this like alternative time zone where there's a ship and like a thousand johnny depps but it's all like white around it and and you're like what is happening here but um exactly like i thought they i thought they were gonna maybe have a little bit more of this in this episode than it really was, but I thought, oh, okay, maybe they're tying in the science versus religion thing one more time. I think that was the last, because what I read was, uh, this season, each season is going to have a new focus, and um, this season is going to be about 
of people as individuals versus like people in groups. Okay. So it's kind of about like self discovery. Whereas last season it was the big thing was uh religion um religion versus science. Okay. And so now we have a new showrunner who uh he was a showrunner on Dexter and there's gonna be more emphasis on the sci fi as we saw in this episode. Which I cannot get enough of, by the way. I don't know about you out there, but I love sci fi and I was ready for this like all along so I was eating it up. I love it. That's what we wanted. Like we yeah. wanted this show to be a sci fi show and last season it was sort of like ER <laughs> under the dome. ER meets days of our lives under the dome. Oh, it's very uh, days of our lives. Like, yeah, I don't and, know if I can go on. And it, that's not really, when you think about a, a series that was started by a Stephen King novel, that's not really where your mind is going no. when you're going in, in story time. Especially story when you're, time. when you're reading his novels, you're never thinking that someone's going to like, you know, be so dramatic in that way and so like yeah soap it was very soapy it was yeah. very soapy and so this season hopefully we're looking to do the non-soapy thing and there was a lot of <laughs> the dirty thing there was a lot of non-soapiness <laughs> in this episode so we yeah. have um we have all of our we show these characters in these vignettes where they're they're moving on with their lives. They're one year later. So we have um, Nori at uh, at her sorority house. And I should jump back and say that all of the characters are going to a reunion in Chester's Mill. If you, mm-hmm. you watch the episode, a you know, that's the, the, yeah, a memorial, a reunion. Yeah. <laughs> An under the dome reunion. <laughs> oh. A death reunion. Oh. Um, and by the way, speaking of death on this show, we've noticed in the past how... Certain characters would die and they would just kind of brush it off like it was no big deal. Like, they'd just move on and try to solve a new problem. But then, towards the end of last season, they would address some of the deaths a little bit more, like in the little church with Big Jim, mm-hmm. um, with the policewoman. I can't think of her name right now. Oh, no. I can't remember her name either. But, she was from season one and then died early on in season two. But but they did... Bless her soul. Yes, they did have a real funeral for her. And so then they were starting to take the deaths a little bit more seriously. So I was like, okay, they're having a memorial for the people that died under the dome. So this is this is an interesting take on the fact that they're really addressing that these people have gone instead of like, oh, we just have to keep moving on now. We have to keep surviving. Like, okay, they're gone, whatever. I mean, you're right, because things don't have meaning unless we give it the important, like, respect or the or the level of gravitas that it well, deserves. Well, then it feels like it really landed somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have uh, Nori uh, is with her mom, and her mom is happy for her to be going to college, happy for her to be joining the sorority so she can be part of this group. Um, Which, Nori, by the way, the letters didn't even really look like Greek letters. I know. <laughs> They're just like Z-E. Okay. It was Alpha Delta After Buzz. <laughs> that was her club. I was like, um, is it supposed to be Zeta Epsilon? Because it does not look... See, I don't know anything about sororities because I went to a college that had no fraternities or sororities. So, I mean, you could put emojis on a button and I would be like, that looks great. Is that where we're going now? Yes, that is where we're going. The fraternity of the thumbs up. Uh, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the sorority that's kissy face and then the poop emoji. Okay. Yeah, like, mm hmm. So, um, it, it was interesting to me because Nori also said to Joe later that she appreciated being under the dome with everyone, even though her mom Alice died. Um, 
because she got she got to feel like she was part of a community because Nori was this real angsty loner and now that she's learned how to be a part of a community she doesn't have to feel that way anymore. Well, she was coming from a big city. I feel like she was coming from LA. Yes. And her and her moms were bringing her to this small town and I don't remember if it was because of one of her mom's jobs or if it was because She was doing like a, a I think it was like a teenage rehab thing from being like basically a delinquent. Okay. So and they, they, they and were passing had, through Chester's Mill, I think. I know her mother had like a physical condition, but then I think Oh the seizures. Sorry, yes. I almost forgot about that. The dome seizures. Okay, well So speaking of Nori, Nori's past love Joe, they've broken mm-hmm. up because Joe is still in high school and but he's going to be going maybe going to be going to college next year and he has really been struggling with uh Angie's death but the actor who plays Joe has also been struggling with acting classes and has passed them <laughs> he has passed them <laughs> you know the interesting thing about that actor I, okay i don't know his name forgive me but um he, I think he's grown up a lot between season two and season three, and I was kind of jokingly saying, oh, puberty hit him well, like, he looks really great. But I, I'll, I, that was kind of a joke, but what I really mean to say is he's performing really well in this episode and very dramatic and believable, and um, I don't know if you guys out there have noticed, but when he was a kid, he was in a lot of TV and movies, and I think, I think there's, there's that transition where, like, you go from acting as a child and then growing up a little bit and having to learn how to act all over again. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you just kind of are playing, and mm-hmm. you don't think of it as seriously. Right. But, I mean, I, I could tell he was always um, a very talented um, actor. He was in that movie, We Bought a Zoo with Matt Damon. I love he that was movie. really good in it. And so I was like, what what is happening here with Under the Dome? What's going on? And so he has found his stride. I think he's also being being given less stupid things to do. I mean, it's not him running around with a with a Microsoft Windows tablet and being like, Everybody buy this and I'm filming <laughs> this is myself. my Surface tablet. You have to look at my Surface tablet. I, I really appreciate the non pushing of product placement unless they are trying to sell butterflies. If they are trying to sell butterflies, they're still doing a poor I mean, job because those butterflies were evil. But um oh well but he's he's given he's given um a, a he's given the role of like mourning for his sister in this episode and he he has to confront his sister's killer so he's he's being given um a lot of like heavy emotional things that aren't just like teenage angsty but that are real things that he has to deal with mm-hmm. um, that anyone would have to deal with no matter how old they are right and we don't know what the deal with his parents are yet because we know they were separated while he was under the dome. But um, he's still talking to Christine Price, who's the new town counselor. Oh, we will town get counselor to her. is a thing under the dome, everybody. Yeah, therapist shrink, not for individual people. For, for the town. whole town, yeah. For I'm the s- town, I'm sent to places like this that are in recovery from a natural or unnatural disaster. Now, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a real thing. I do know, like, there are obviously like crisis counselors. My my mom, my mom is a counselor, and I, really? I don't. Yeah, she is. But I've never heard of in, in my entire life. I've never heard of a counselor brought in for an entire town. And then there's a difference between saying, okay. Here are a list of people that are available to you versus this woman who is, like, going out and chasing people down is like, I'm the counselor, come after me. Well, 
And in in reality, there would be a team. It wouldn't right. be one person. You couldn't because people have different preferences when they want to pick somebody that they want to share their feelings with. You don't want to have just one option. Can we just talk about how creepy she was in this episode? So creepy. And she's like, Joe, come sit next to me on your bed. Yeah. Like, what was that about? That she, was like, weird. touched his shoulder. And then later in the episode, she, like, brushed his hair to the side. And I'm like, why are you all touchy-feely? You're the therapist. What's happening? It's weird. It was like she was trying to be his mom or something. Yes. Yes. Like, okay, whoa. And now we know, I mean, we know because of what happens in the future that his parents couldn't be there because they are not in the dome pods. But, um... It still was, it was, it was still a very bizarre moment. So we have, um, next we have Sam, who Joe confronts in the end of the episode, where Sam has, we know Sam was an alcoholic, he killed Angie, um, but now he's in rehab. Can we, can we recap? In jail. Can we recap? So just in, in case you're a new viewer of Under the Dome and you, you might not know what Sam did, um, so we, we know we've established that Angie was Joe's sister, but there was this whole thing of like, who killed Angie? And she was in the hallway at the high school and she like disappears into a locker and then they, they don't know where she is, but they know she's dead and they find out this evidence and there's like an axe with blood on it and they find out that Uncle Sam did that. Uncle yeah. Sam also being Angie's ex-boyfriend in the past. Or not Angie's, I'm sorry. Melanie. Melanie's ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, which, we, I don't even know if that's really Melanie, but we will discuss that later. Um, oh boy, oh boy, this episode. Lots of lots of things going on. Also, okay, I just have to say, Big Jim was funny in this episode, and I was, was happy hilarious. about that. He was hilarious. I actually, I read an interview with Dean Norris um, that was basically a, like a preview interview for the mm-hmm. season, and he he was like, I, I like that I'm being given a lot of like funnier, quippier lines this season, and he's he feels <laughs> that he's going to have a more, I guess, three-dimensional, yeah. fully realized role. Well, well yeah, especially in... The other seasons, we were all like, oh, hating Big Jim. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's making us laugh. Like, whoa, okay, this guy, he does have more of a three-dimensional life because he's showing that even the villain, so to speak, can have all these different levels and emotions. And um, and Dean Norris is funny. I mean, yeah. Dean Norris, it, it's interesting because most people like me know him just from Breaking Bad. And mm-hmm. so um, he's not, he doesn't really get a chance to be funny in Breaking Bad. He's that, yeah. he's the kind of like, he's he's the serious guy that they are playing off of versus here. It's like, yeah, when you, I think a lot of times when you have a bad guy, they do get the chance to be funny or quippy. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in this episode, he was confronting Junior and Julia together, and he mm-hmm. finds them, and they're like, I, he corners them in the, uh, where are they, in the high school again? Yes, or in the, okay. they are in the high school, oh, where the, all oh. the things happen now, because <laughs> I, guess, I guess we've moved, we can't have the cabin anymore, No, which oh, God, really upsets cabin. me. No. They can't have the cabin. They have, like, two locations, oh, well, three, maybe. The hospital and the high school. It's like the hospital. In the I town even, square. I haven't even seen the hospital anymore. It's like all the hospital things are happening in the high school now. But the Eva was in the hospital in this episode. Oh, that's right. She was. Anyway, so hmm. Big Jim's in the high school with Julia and Junior, and he quarters them and confronts them, and 
he has so many jokes about Julia's hair. Yes, which made me laugh because last season, Matt Lieberman kept talking about how Julia's hair stayed beautiful the whole season yeah, long. Yeah, it was just like a shampoo commercial. Again, yes. like... Oh, uh, shout out to the hairstylist for Under the Dome, making everyone look amazing. I know. Um, but he was like, oh, what are you, what are you late for a hair appointment? Your roots are coming in. I could tell. I'm like, whoa, calling her out on the hair color. And then he's like, yeah, um, I'm, wait, I'm not, I'm not gonna deliver this, I'm not gonna do it the service that it deserves, but, oh, uh, you're dumber than the bag of hair I took you for. <laughs> Oh my god. That was my favorite line of the episode. So hilarious. Oh my god. Okay, Dean Nora, shout out to you. And the writers. So speaking so speaking of Big Jim, Big Jim is doing a lot of drinking and self-reflection question mark. And shooting photos of his son. Yeah, it's mostly just shooting photos of his son. He also shot his television. I know that under the dome, you can go and steal another television from the people that are caught outside the dome next door, but um, oh I still... I still don't like the fact that I'm like, that is an expensive television, Big Jim. Why are you shooting it? Think before you do these things. <laughs> he shoots his TV, and you just kind of realize, like, okay, he's he's really changing. Like, this is... He was still trying to, like, rule the town, rule the town, and now all of a sudden he's got, like, a couple people left and a dog. He has a lot of feels right now. Yeah. He's having a lot of feels. Vibes and feels. Um, but apparently he is going to have a relationship with this dog. Um, I learned Who this. Who is this dog really? The that guy? I don't know. Okay, but I, I do like, know that me, but... he is going to have a, like, rapport with the dog. And okay. I don't know if it's... I have no idea what it is, but he is going to have one. I read that in the well, interview. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Well, we love dogs. So So Julia and Junior and Big Jim are are in the kind of like parallel plot line. What we discover is that all of this stuff that is happening in the future is what I like to call a eh, a cocoon dream. Ooh. So they're all um they're all stuck in this like purple cocoons put there by uh, Melanie and the evil butterflies and the dome powers that be. And so the monarch butterfly um, metaphor continues on. If Julia is the monarch, I mean, I guess that means, like, see, what I don't understand is, if Julia is the monarch and she was picked by, like, the butterflies and everything, why in this episode were they trying to kill her? And then why... Why was she never in a cocoon? Yeah, or why isn't she, like, the main cocoon woman? Why is... And for all of you science people out there, like me, that want to be exactly right, everyone knows a cocoon is for a moth and a chrysalis is for a butterfly. And they said cocoon because that's what most people call it. Right. But it's a chrysalis. Fun facts brought to you by Amanda and After Buzz TV. (laughs) You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) But, so, okay, so Julia and uh, Junior are trying to get out of the dome to find Barbie, and they basically get attacked by evil butterflies, which were kind to Julia previously, so I don't really understand yeah, what's, what's going on. Ha- and we're like, wait, what are these rep- 
representative of like are these butterflies supposed to be like souls or something like what is happening it was funny because when we were watching it um amanda you said that are do these butterflies represent dead people do they represent souls and all i could think of was in the little mermaid when ursula turns all those people into the little <gasps> like squid characters yes! oh. and i was like they're all the squid mermaids yes yes i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> oh my gosh and then they're set free yes and so they mm, they were Set free. I don't know. That was just my idea. But yeah. anyway, so uh, Julia and Junior, um, Melanie finds them. Melanie puts Junior in a chrysalis cocoon, and Junior enters the future plot line. Which, yeah, and they're like, where did you come from? You were dead. Yeah, which is interesting because Barbie is starting to pick up on the plot line because of um, our dear departed Ben. Ben, we love Ben. Let me just say... I was so excited because last season there was not enough Ben. And then he showed up. Ben, and we're like, yes. even though he lost his dog Truman, um, which I was wow, really. Wow, that's good that you remember the dog's name. I know. I don't know why I was so obsessed with this dog, but I wow. was just obsessed, I think, with the irresponsibility of the children finding the dog and being really excited about it and then just losing it. And I was like, you know what? That is the last straw under the dome. You've killed cows. You probably have mutilated oh butterflies. God, that, thank God they're not showing that at the beginning of the episode anymore. I was done looking at that cow. I was so done looking at that cow. Uh, okay. We don't even know how many weeks are left anymore. But oh, anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So to announce he has it. misplaced Truman. And then at the end of last season, he shows up with magical asthma, which he never had before. Yeah. By um, the way, I need my inhaler. What? So now... Ben is saying, okay, well, after I've been outside of Under the Dome, not only have I had more of an opportunity to shampoo my hair and make it look absolutely gorgeous, but... Yeah, like he got it... He went to the dry bar, got a blow dry. But he also has gotten rid of his asthma. And and it was interesting because we all thought Ben was just this, like, stoner, whatever, random kid. But he is the one who, in the chrysalis, finds out the mystery of what's happening. And he, he's the one that's trying to tell everyone. He's trying to yes. deliver the information, like, hey, look around you. Like, this is not real. Yes. He sees that the guy the guy that Barbie killed at the beginning of the episode in Yemen mm-hmm. um, is... Everywhere, basically. He's the delivery man. He's the man who cuts your bushes. He's the, guy, he's the background extra that became a star of the episode. Yes, he is the overpaid extra. There's, they could only afford one extra on Under the Dome, and it was him. He's okay, Ben, man. you he's figured the out the secret. Man. He's the waiter. He's the postman. He is getting his SAG card, and yeah. that is happening. That, no, but it was... I'm sorry, I had to go there, but... No, he was... Um, yeah, he was the... <clears throat> The clue that this is not what you're really doing. Like, yes. this is what you think is happening. You think this is the future, but this is just in your mind. Yeah, it's not normal. And it's, so, it's kind of like the Matrix. So he with sends those pods. So after he dies, which Melanie kills him because I guess because he's figuring out what's going on, she strangles him. Um, yeah, so she takes him out of. He's like not even really in a pod. He's like in. Or was he? He was in like a goo wall. A goo wall. <laughs> That's a good definition. <laughs> a goo wall. Yeah. Um, These are there, technical terms here. There was a sale down the street at the Vaseline shop. Uh, anyway, sorry. Under the dome, bought oh all God. the purple Vaseline. <laughs> and then, well, okay, so Melanie pulls him out of this goo wall, and then she, she her method of choice this episode is strangle, strangulation. Yes, She's choking it is. people to death. It is. 
bad purple makeup strangulation. And this is pretty um, violent. I mean, it, it seems like she would have some kind of other, like, magical power to kill people instead of, like, having to strangle them with their, her, her bare hands. It seems... See... Or maybe she was kind of barely holding them and then doing yeah. it with her mind. I have no idea. But I do know that just as I got Ben back, he left us. And that is really upsetting because who is going to run around town on their skateboard figuring things out and having or not having asthma? (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to explain what's real and what's not real? Exactly. But that's why we have our show. Who's going to have the dome parties? (laughs) Yeah. Dome party, man. Come on down. We're going to have a little uh, get-together over here at So my I was reading, though, that that there was going to be one shocking death at the beginning of the episode, and it, it was Ben. And it was interesting because when we saw, like, Julia and Junior and Big Jim all dead, I knew that Big Jim couldn't be dead because he's supposed to have a huge story arc. So well, I'm not, like, what is going on? Not only that piece of information that you knew, thank goodness, but also I thought, well, this show's going to be no good without Big Jim. It really isn't. And I, I also think that, like, to me, Julia is one of the most interesting characters because mm-hmm. she's she's hugely a protagonist for the show. That and she's been, like, one. the rescuer. Yeah. So it would be just weird to me to have them kill off Julia, too. So um, I, I was going to jump ship if they killed Julia. Anyway. Not really. I would still watch, but I would have been really disgruntled about it. Exactly. You wouldn't yeah. have left us like Matt Lieberman. No. I said it. Um, so <laughs> so Ben is murdered. Uh, and I don't think to, uh, I don't think Melanie, I don't think that's actually Melanie. I think it's just somebody using like a, an avatar or somebody like shape-shifting to look like Melanie. I don't think she was ever actually really there. Because when her dad comes back, he's like, you're my daughter. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then kills Ever him. really there, you mean ever in the whole show? or just Ever in the whole show. Yeah, because Melanie the entire time has been very strange and off yes. and weird and like you came from the she's 80s. She's been wearing that purple smock the whole time. Oh my god, that horrible smock. What are we going to do about that smock? Um... Don't it's trust very, people who wear a purple smock when they have options to wear other things. Well, I mean, especially when, you know, there is like a whole town and people are dead and they have all their whole house of clothes to go steal. You could go raid all the other houses. Not, who was that? Not Maxine. Condone, not condoning Maxine looting. Maxine had all those extra clothes that she was raiding. Just take a take a cue from her handbook. <laughs> Wait, Maxine. She she was the, the woman who, um, she died, I think... Either I can't remember in season one or season two, but she was basically like uh, working with Big Jim and had a lot of really fabulous clothes, and nobody could figure out why she was the best looking person under the dome. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Julia and Julia finds out that. Uh, well, actually, let's go back to Junior. So Junior goes. Uh, Junior becomes alive in the yeah. parallel world. For you guys just listening to this. She just made air quotes, alive. Yes, alive. And Barbie notices, he was like, your name was on that wall. So Barbie is starting to try and figure out what's happening with the cocoon, but he's thwarted. Like, the video gets mysteriously deleted, Hunter and all his technology, and... Hunter now has contacts, no, apparently. No glasses. It's very confusing. But it's it's kind of like how Ben didn't have asthma. Hunter didn't That's need his true. glasses. That's true. And Sam didn't need to drink anymore. It's true. But everyone's healing. Everyone has healing Miraculously. 
So he he's thwarted every step of the way, and we um, for Barbie's storyline um, in the parallel universe, we end on uh, him discovering that Ava is having his baby. Um, which I which I feel like the powers that be were just doing that to distract Barbie from like finding out the truth. Of course, of course. Um, and then we have Julia, the whole episode, trying to figure out, like, how to free the people from the pods, what's going on. Um, she, what I think was a little bit disappointing is that she's in this altercation where she's being attacked by Melanie and Big Jim, instead of just shooting Melanie, which Big Jim, you shoot everybody else. You I, shot your own son in this episode, and you couldn't shoot the weird alien girl who's making yeah. things happen. And I wonder, does she bleed purple? She probably does. She bleeds purple smog. Stay tuned. Stay tuned <laughs> to see what Melanie bleeds like. But or uh, if she even yeah. can So bleed. instead of shooting anybody, Big Jim poses awkwardly on one of the purple cocoons and starts <laughs> chatting with them, which I was like, missed opportunity. So, uh, I just thought I would chat about this. Uh, underground layer that you have here with all the pods. What? It was a very, it was a very jam-packed episode. A lot of things were happening. <laughs> yeah. Big Jim, Big Jim needed to pause with and his gun. Not only was that a weird thing that happened, but later on, I thought that speaking of Julia, she, I thought she gave up too easy with Melanie. Like, she, first of all, she trusts Melanie way too much. Yes, we always knew that though. She but, did that last. But season. Melanie was like, "I'll take first watch. You can just rest. You're really tired. You've been through a lot. Just." Go to sleep. And she just was like, okay, fine. Well, to be fair, she is still bleeding from the leg outside her jeans. So. Yes. And this is what re- was really strange. That while wound watch- still drives me crazy. <laughs> I, when you bandage a wound, you don't bandage it outside of your pants. pants. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just. Like, okay, also, this is the costume. The, the only other thing that was driving me crazy was the blood on everybody's faces was, like, made by, like, play school. I'm like, what is this? Who did that blood? It wasn't, like, usual movie magic blood. No, it was, it was not movie magic blood. It was, like, paint that you use for your walls. It was terrible. However... Or possibly a, lip gloss. That's a good point, because I think that things that were happening in the alternate reality were supposed to look kind of fake. Yes, that I do agree with. But when they moved uh, into the scene where Julia is like laying down on the um, on the backpack, okay, she has blood on her forehead. Yes, and, it's still and it that still looked like that. terrible okay. paint blood. You're right. Yeah. Oh, also, it was, speaking Amanda of that, just trying to defend the guy who does the special <laughs> effects makeup. Well, um, <laughs> she's well, like, I want him to still have a job. Well, actually, um, the the thing is, that's good that you bring this whole reality thing up because sometimes it was hard to tell, like. Is this happening in the alternate reality or is this real life? Because everything was going on with Barbie and Eva and Christine Price and Joe and all this. And and then you go back to Junior and Julia and Big Jim. Like, Junior is the one that's kind of going back and forth from both worlds. Yes. And so that was a little bit hard to follow at first. But then it was like, oh, okay, I, I know what's going on. And so when all that was happening, I was like, well, wait. 
who's really dead? Who's not dead? Wait, is Aunt, does that mean Angie's not dead? Does that mean everyone that died on Under the Dome is alive? And then we find out, no, it was just this episode that if people were dying, they weren't really dead unless they were out of the pod or out of the goo. I do think, though, that this is going to be something that they're going to be coping with um, in the next episode, which is feeling like you really were there in this in this alternate reality, in this one year in the future. How is that going to affect people now, from now on, especially since Christine and Eva are apparently there? Yeah, this is really crazy. They Which were, is bizarre. It's like, I like don't understand. The, they came out of their chrysalises. Yeah. Because it, we were made to understand at the beginning that they everybody were, who followed Melanie was just the people who were already under the dome. Yeah, and then the people that they met in this alternate imaginary world, um, you know, they were just also part of that vision that they were all having. It wasn't real. And then, wait, there are people that are here now that weren't here. Like, right. it's like the, it's like the cave cavern pods, like, birthed these people. Or so, so like let's go to predictions. Who, or there might be part of who Melanie is. Oh, yes. Yes, let's go to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Um, I do think that that's what they're going to be dealing with because now these people really felt like they were out of the dome. They really felt like they had this, um, this alternative life. You, you had Nori almost sleeping with Hunter. You had. Yeah, whoa, um, Nori. I know. You had Joe bemoaning his re- loss of his relationship with Nori. You have, uh, Barbie in this new relationship. You have this new town counselor. So how it's going to be how these people like feel now that they're back in almost to the in their minds they've gone back in time like a year ago. Exactly. They're like wait, life is still like it was. Right. Um I was kind of thinking maybe um maybe they're taking a page out of Lost Lost's book and kind of I thought the pod people thing was like purgatory and Mm -hmm. like this thing in the future that they thought was the future was just like people trying to resolve problems before they move on because Melanie's like oh I can help you move on Mm -hmm. and I thought she was like guiding people to their like afterlife well I do think we are going to figure out because again this was in the interview with Dean Norris that I read that we are going to figure out why the dome is there and what it's about so those questions, those questions of, like, what are these pods? Why is this here? Will hopefully be answered, especially now that they've smashed the egg that we thought was, like, the main generator for the dome. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, wait, it's this whole network of, like, veins of purple that is the network. Yes. Um, also, I was thinking, okay, if in this alternate world in the, in the future, could Christine Price just be Melanie because she had the purple ring on? She had the purple stone in her house. Like I thought, is Melanie just like channeling herself out there as this other character? And then they showed up out of the pods. Right. So I was thrown for a loop, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Melanie has all these skills and powers that we don't know about yet, and we're going to find out. And I'm kind of excited about that possibility. 
I'm excited that they're upping the sci-fi element. So that's yes. what I'm looking forward to this season, the increased sci-fi-ness. Well, thank you for listening to us. Um, again, I'm Jackie Borowski. You can find me at 123jackieb.com. Amanda, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Runway Queen and on Facebook, Amanda Fields Bennett. And we, even though we got to talk to you a lot tonight, there's still more that we want to talk about and we'll be tweeting about this week. And we'll definitely look at all your comments online and try to follow up. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.